You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 149, side A. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. This is a side A episode, which means we will talk about pop culture, entertainment news, movies, music, books, Florida, and whatever else caught our eye this week. My name is IP Freely, and I am joined by Mike Hawk. <laughs> I've never heard that one, actually. I'll be that one. I'm Mike Hawk. <laughs> you haven't? I've never heard that one. Wow. wow. And see more butts. I definitely see more butts. Man, that reminds me. We used to, at Publix, they had the, uh, the all the Dixie brand paper towels, and we would write my and wrecked underneath it, like the like car wrecked. And people, wrecked like, what's, my, people would be like, what's my Dixie wrecked mean? It would be like on the <laughs> shelf, and these these customers would be like, what? what's my Dixie wrecked? <laughs> yeah. We're 13. You tell me. This week we're going to talk about Marvel's Avengers, West of Dead, another video game, Pearl Jam, Seattle, Mulong, and another video game, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. It totally sounded like you said Mulong. Damn it, I was trying to power through that. <laughs> Mulan! I did say Mulong. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. On my mind. Oh yeah. Now I'm not. I'm not going to admit to anything. But at one point, we may have stopped by a Taco Bell when they were advertising their double decker, and we may have taken some white tape and added a little bit of an extra line onto the bottom of the D in decker, and made it look oh, like wow. a. Wow. Yeah, I see it. I, I. I see. I see your pecker. Wait, double pecker. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So here we go. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. There was a. This was a pop culture explosion weekend. Yes, it was. Video games, movies, everything, and it was a pop fun... culture exploding in your face. Yes. So here it's a review show. There might be some spoilers. We're not going to spoil any video games for you, probably. Uh, just be aware of that, and you know we're getting right into the news here because I want to talk about all this stuff. So hell yeah. What's going on? Well, the most exciting thing um, news-wise for me in a while has just happened. Guys, Willy Wonka uh, is, oh. is happening. I heard about this. I I, I kind of giggled when I heard this story. Go it's ahead. amazing. It's, it's what we need right now. Uh, the founder of Jelly Belly is giving away a candy factory in a nationwide treasure hunt for gold tickets. He's retiring, mind you. He yeah. is retiring, and he's giving this away. Yep. He's uh, giving this away. Uh, David Klein is launching a series of treasure hunts for gold tickets across the country. Uh, and access to this event can be yours for $50. Uh, you will receive a clue in your state. Each treasure hunt is limited to 1,000 participants. Now, the uh, entry is going to be available um, let's see, October 2nd, uh, for, let's see, some states, other states will be coming soon. So as of this recording, no states are, uh, officially available yet. That's why we're telling you now you can head to the gold You can get your entry for 50 bucks when they come out. Right, which is soon. Uh, um, guys, if if this sounds remotely interesting to you, it does to me. It be there the second the clock strikes midnight. Yeah, um, it's it's gonna go so fast because all all the eBayers are gonna buy them up and then sell them. Maybe I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully, there's. I mean, I don't know what incentive uh, assholes. You know. uh, yeah, I mean, it it's gonna happen. It, you might get an access code or something, but uh, if you um, 
if you find the the solution to the problem, you can receive uh, five thousand dollars. All participants will be eligible to search for the ultimate treasure, the key to a candy factory. So, um, guys, give me five podcast the candy. Give me five. T- join team. Give me five. The, we'll the flavors will be yeah. The flavors will be like you know regret. <laughs> Sweat. Yeah, Rob's shame. Sadness. <laughs> Rob's flatulence. Now, Rob, you have a story to share as well. I, I'm I on the edge of my seat. I, well, yeah, I mean it's not anything like major, but I, I was excited when I saw who who was attached to it. I, I did hear that Orion Classics had picked up a movie, and I don't know why they picked it up. I, I wonder if it was just languishing or something. But Orion Classics picked up a movie called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. And they've scheduled and they've actually scheduled it for an October release in streaming and in theaters. Um, but one of the things that I was excited about is it's directed by Jim Cummings. Do you know who Jim Cummings is? Well, I do. But Jim- I know the name. I yes. Jim Cummings is the voice of Winnie the Pooh. Yes. As well as Darkwing Duck. And I, I I was excited when I heard that. I'm hoping it'll be good. It it does star uh, Ricky Lindholm of The Last House on the Left. As well, uh, What else was she in, Greg, you said? Uh, she was in Big Bang Theory and most recently she... Oh, shit. I don't have it up on my screen anymore. Uh, in, oh, shit. Oh, she's uh, Garfunkel. She's one of the uh, members of Garfunkel and Oates. Uh, the comedy, okay. the comedy like acoustic group, but um, oh, Knives Out, that was what she in. She was in. Knives oh yeah, Out. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so good. And it also stars somebody who we recently talked about not too long ago, the late Robert Forster. And if you remember correctly, he was the star of the movie Alligator mm-hmm. that we did. So the uh, it's it's a I'm. I believe it's a horror movie, but it's a werewolf movie called The Wolf of Snow Hollow, and it centers on a small-town sheriff who's struggling with a failed marriage, marriage, a failed marriage and a rebellious daughter and a lackluster department. He's tasked with solving a series of brutal murders that are occurring on the full moon. Nice. And as he's consumed by the hunt for the killer, he struggles to remind himself that there's no such thing as werewolves. Bullshit. <laughs> And Cummings is quoted as saying that it's an honor and longtime dream to work with Orion Classics and MGM. I wanted to explore elements of horror and comedy through the idea of a monster infiltrating everyday life and how that teaches us who we are and how to not become one ourselves. Dude, that's exciting. And I'm, I'm also excited about the fact that it might actually be a comedy. I'm not sure, but I mean, it sounds like it might be a horror movie with some funny elements in it, but I've, I'm looking forward to it. And it's due out next month. And uh, I'm looking forward to Rob contacting Jim Cummings and getting him on our show. I, well. <laughs> <laughs> Rob wouldn't be able to speak. It'd be like yeah, an episode I, of Community where LeVar Burton comes on. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, but, I, yeah. And then he gets mad for <laughs> bringing them. So I got one one piece of news. Uh, I believe awesome. it was today or maybe yesterday, but the Dune trailer has Dune trailer. dropped. Uh, this movie mm. was made, I guess, what, in the, originally made in like the 70s or maybe early 80s or something, but it was not very good. I remember no. always thinking that Dune would be awesome because people were like, oh, it's sci-fi. It's this great thing. And then you were like, Star Wars, yay. And then you watch it and it was like, no. And then you're like, and then I waited a few years and I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to watch this movie again. Wow. It was like this really long, Lynch. epic, boring yeah. film. That's yeah. why. Yeah, so like, so I was a little worried. People were talking about this, and I'm like, well, I wonder what it's going to look like. And the trailer came out, and it looks really good. It looked, uh, I liked the way they did the uh, the sandworms. Um, I liked, uh, the cast looks great, man. Uh, Zendaya, uh, who else? Uh, Jason Momoa, Josh Brolin, Dave Bautista, Stellan Skarsgård. So it's a lot of Marvel people. Of course, everyone's really been in a, Marvel movie. Ooh, ooh. David Des David Dasmauchian, he's been in a Marvel movie. Baba Yaga again. Uh so looks good. It is directed by Dennis Villanueva. 
who of course redid the uh, re-envisioned the Blade Runner movie run. He not did too a long great ago. job. Uh, check got out the trailer the for it. Yeah, it has some of the theming and some of the stuff that you've seen in that movie that I liked, um, at least visually. So I am intrigued as to what they're going to do with it. Um, it is expected possibly in December, but you never know. Um, and I will be there. I'm excited about that one. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, chills. Yeah, it looks great. I, I will see it in Florida. You will? Yeah, as long as nothing crazy happens. Well, of course, Greg. You must be <laughs> uh, talking about WTF. That's Welcome to Florida. You know what that also stands for. And Greg, hopefully you won't be seeing Dune with 64-year-old David Dunaway. I might be. It's Dunaway, but it looks like Dunaway. Anyway, Rob, have you seen this story? I have not. I did see another one that I thought might make it, but I don't think it actually happened until today. So I saw that as well. That <laughs> well, well, I, well, saw, I saw that as well. We're that may be next week. week. Yeah. Well, that may yeah. be next week. Hang, keep that one in your pocket. I will keep that. Keep that one under. Uh, wow, this guy. Lock and key. I've gone. I've gone ahead and posted that so you can see a picture of sixty-four-year-old David Dunaway from Florida in Hawthorne, Florida. He's facing several charges after deputies say he stole mail from a woman wearing only his underwear. Oh my god. Now the uh it, This dude it, looks like Gandalf on crack. Yeah. No, you know what he looks like? He looks like whenever they throw someone in a dungeon and there's a one dude that's like chained to the wall already. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He looks like the guy chained to the wall in the dungeon or in like the, the in like Monty Python or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like that. He's Holy just clapping sh- his hands. Yeah, <laughs> and that's all he does. Um, <laughs> I'm glad uh, nobody can see uh, the face uh, I just made. Oh God! Oh, <laughs> uh, woman told authorities she came outside to find a man in his underwear taking mail from her mailbox. Uh, she asked what he was doing, and 64 year old David Dunaway began yelling incoherently and attempted to attack her while she was in her vehicle. Fortunately, she is okay. Uh, she <laughs> Dunaway swung at her through the car window with the mail so he was Mm. trying to use the mail as a weapon she drove a short distance away to put space between them but dunaway chased after her you can imagine what if you see his picture um that had to be a scary sight she pulled the gun on him uh he remains in custody with a bond of sixty thousand dollars which he clearly will not be able to afford no he he had no pockets no, so pants. he's got he's got no money on him. Um, yeah. So there's your there's your election fraud, right there. Crazy dude in underwear stealing mail. Yeah. So um, be careful, be careful out there, Florida. Be careful out yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. You can look up the story yourself. Florida man arrested after stealing mail wearing only underwear, attacking homeowner. Everyone wow. is okay, and hopefully he is sobering up. <laughs> something. Or Man, something. Those, those underwear, not something that smelled good, I would assume. I'm sad that there's not a full body picture of him. I'm happy. But you can imagine. It, I, I imagine it's kind of an emaciated skeleton. Just well, from just from the mugshot. Yeah, yeah, the collarbones and that thing. Some tidy whities there. Guys, we... Stains. The human I, stain. we uh it says rob here talking about the patriot but i'm just gonna i'm just gonna feed i'm just gonna feed that to him real quick but go for it feed him yeah so i'm pretty sure feed me (laughs) grego see i'm pretty sure we saw the uh the other florida story because of our chat room our patron only discord chat which is a whole bunch of fun and people donate stories to us that we can talk about yep that is true. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it just, you know, it helps build the show and it helps us, you know, do the research because, you know, we are busy. It's hard for us to do that. So, Rob, tell people about our patron. Patreon. So guys, God damn it. Every time. You're never going to get it right. <laughs> we have patrons 
who sign up on Patreon to support the show. And guys, uh, the rewards are we have a, for the $5 tier, you can get invited to our Discord chat. And, and basically it's $5 a month. You get early access to the movie we'll, we'll be reviewing. Mm-hmm. You get early access to the top five list. You get a birthday episode where you get to pick the movie and get a custom top five list made about you that will be make that wildly, wildly inaccurate and probably offensive. And then there are some higher ranges where you get access to the show notes and also you get to join us and curate an episode. So you can be part of the Give Me Five podcast as well. And you can find that at patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Excellent. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. I'm going to ruin your life now. Oh, no. I was going to mm. talk about something that kind of softened the blow. but let me, just, let me just jump in here. Just get this out of the way. I refuse to pay money for this shit. I, I have had enough. Every one of them has been terrible. Jimmy, they, do we have it scheduled for him to talk about 45 minutes about live-action Disney movies? Shut your mouth. I'm going to talk. <laughs> I refuse to pay money for this bullshit because every one of them has been a travesty. I want Disney to stop bastardizing my childhood because, oh, just, no. I'll tell you what. I will check it out when it is free on Disney Plus, which I'm already paying for. I'm not paying another 30 effing dollars to watch this bullshit where you can ruin a movie that I loved and get rid of the songs and get rid of Mushu and get rid of Cricky and no, just no. Okay. Stop it. Well, if you were able to figure out what he was talking about there in that angry word salad, uh, you're talking about Mulan here, Disney Plus. Uh, salad. <laughs> word salad. That's awesome. Uh, Disney Plus, $30. Uh, if you want to watch it before December and then it becomes free in December, I did happen to see it. Um, I did happen to see it because I got to go to a uh, a birthday party. And oh, we, you paid for it. So there you go. <laughs> and, and well, yeah, I didn't actually pay. I probably would have just because you know, wife likes it, kid likes it. Um, but came out September fourth. It is directed by Nikki Caro. Uh, I'm going to oh, see, I should not be suggesting that I'm the one that takes all these names here, but starring Yifei Liu, Donnie Yen, Lee Gong, Jet Li, Jason Scott Lee, Yosan An, and Donnie Yen. Donnie Yen? Yeah, Donnie Yen other... again. <laughs> no, 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 not again. He's, uh, Donnie Yen is awesome, man, from uh, uh, Star Wars, but. Yeah, you is that it. two you Donnie Yens? No, no, no. I, I said Donnie Yen, and then I kind of reiterated Donnie Yen. Like, huh? Eh, eh? Donnie Yen? Oh, Rob, okay. Rob likes Donnie Yen? So. No. Shut your pie hole, Greg. Sorry. I am one with the Donnie Yen. The Donnie Yen is one with me. Uh, A young Chinese maiden disguises herself as a male warrior in order to save her father. You guys know this story because everyone has seen that. Uh, My initial thoughts, and this is actually going to come up again later. uh, You know, when I already know the story, I'm not a huge fan of seeing it again in general. Um, But I end up seeing these because... You know, my kid likes going to the movies. My kid likes seeing movies. So my first thought really was, yay, another Disney live action. But then my second thought was, well, maybe there could be some really cool battle sequences and things like that. Which, because I like, I always like those big battle sequences, like the Lord of the Rings ones and things like that. And then I thought again, I'm like, well, it's a freaking Disney movie based on a cartoon. So are these battle sequences going to be as big? So there was a lot of that kind of going into it. Um. The movie was okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the plot, very few changes. Uh, we'll talk about the, the cricket and stuff like that momentarily. But, you know, it's, it's really hard to review these kind of things when you're not doing a lot of stuff. Everything new uh, is part of the event. You know, if you're seeing a bunch of movies, you can pick out what's a good one and a bad one. If you're seeing, yeah. if you're getting together with friends for a birthday party for the first time in several months, that event makes the situation better. And then when I look back, I'm like, okay, what do I want to tell the listeners about this movie? And I couldn't remember it was when I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, of course, no music. Rob, that's going to anger you. I don't care. 
but there was no music. And but mm-hmm. in the case of this, you know, it's like you know, everyone knows the story of Mulan. Um, but they do a thing, and this one of the things I don't like about certain movies is like the idea of like the chosen one or like you're the next in the line of something like they did this with Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man used to be an awesome character. A spider happened to bite him. It turned a nerd into a cool person. It made sense. And then they started doing this thing where they were like, Madam Web, and you are the, the, this character who's in a long light of spider characters. And this was not like, not the most recent animated one, but like they did it in the comics. Like there was a Spider-Man in the fifties and you know, whatever. Can you tell that I'm sitting here with my arms crossed with a scowl on my face as I stare at you talk about this movie? So, yeah, yeah. Like I, can t- I can tell. I can tell. Um, so, like, they did this thing where they they show Mulan being able to, like, catch a chicken early on. And it shows that she has a lot of chi, which, you know, kind of makes her shamed in her village. But the weird thing is, is as a result of her just kind of being good at everything, you don't see her fail. Like, you don't see her... She's just kind of a badass at the beginning. And like, it makes her really passive. Like, oh yeah, I guess I'm just going to do this. And it's, it, I think it takes some of the character out of it. Like in our, we've already recorded our second episode, but we talked about training montage sequences mm-hmm. and like, you kind of don't get that. You don't get to see someone fail and get better um, to, to an extent. So um, there, I'm, I'm going to make a guess that they took out all of the references to to them trying to marry Mulan off. Meeting the matchmaker and be and not being adequate for a bride. Because I I feel that Disney is trying to elim- eliminate all all aspects of that where, you know, that they, they don't want little girls to be thinking, oh well, you know, you have to get married. But well, that they wasn't did, the they point. Did, that's not why. They did that because uh, people in China were pissed about that part. China, Mulan did the original Mulan did terribly in China, and did this it? movie is yes, it did very bad in China because, well, fuck China. <laughs> wow, we are now officially banned in China, which is not they're, hard. They're the reason we're locked down. Well, I the I mean the the American movie market, especially big epic theatrical releases action movies stuff like that really depend on china for a lot of uh the the revenue so you know mm-hmm. kind of so ending to that yeah i could see it happen so that, that market has a i'm not saying that i agree and that this is this is a cultural thing that is not it, it's it's a true cultural thing where standing out in individualism is not is not it's frowned upon over there. So Mulan being the bright, vibrant character that she was over here, the complaint across China was it was too Americanized. So there was a lot of that kind of stuff that took that took it out. Um, so there are quite a few um, things. Well, let's see. I guess, I, yeah, I guess so. Um, but anyway, uh, so there is a little bit of that. Uh, the original story of Mulan Apparently it was actually took place over 10 years. So she had to pretend as a, uh, she pretend to be a man for 10 years. And there is a whole bunch of stuff in this movie about her being smelly. Cause she refuses to take a bath, like in front of the guys, obviously. Mm. Um, the best thing about this movie was obviously the, the sheer amount of great Chinese actors in there. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting. Cause of course, you know, I watched it with two kids. And I warned my son before we went over there. I'm like, the dragon is not in this movie. There's no dragon. And they were disappointed as hell. They were like, oh, it was okay. But like, I was like, so how'd you like it? And all they said, the only thing they said was, I miss the silly dragon. Those exact words, both of the kids. And it, if it's going to be a dour wartime warlord movie, it doesn't reach that pinnacle because it can't be violent. Right. Know your audience, Disney. Your audience is kids. Well, their audience is China. (laughs) In this case. No, well, no, because... All right, go ahead. No, no, it just is. Like, that's... I mean, this movie was funded to be in China. Like, yes, it's going to make some money here. um, But, I mean, this is one of those movies that people are boycotting here. This, This was an apology to China, and it's and 
screw screw us whatever I, you know <sighs> disney i hate you no you don't i you don't hate the, but you, I hate the, you. you hate the live action film department i hate the live action remakes yeah now and, there is and and to be fair mulan is not the only one i have hated all of them mm-hmm. with the the only one that I didn't think was absolutely horrendous, and I know a lot of people did, but the only one I didn't think was horrendous was Beauty and the Beast. But yeah, even probably, that one was the best of them, right? Even that one was pushing it. Yeah. Well, wait, was uh, Jungle Book uh, Disney, or was that just uh, Jungle Book was Disney, and I didn't really like that one all that much. The worst of the but we know what the worst one was. <laughs> oh God, Jimmy, stop him now. Is he frozen? <laughs> no, I'm not frozen. No, no, Jimmy, I can't see you. Uh, so now there was a uh, there was a, some calls for a boycott on this movie, and I actually, in a way, kind of agree with them. And I usually don't, but so if we don't, if you are unaware and you are living in a hole, China is currently um, has concentration camps uh, filled filled with uh, Muslims that are being reprogrammed and or made to. Uh, work in camps, which is not exactly, you know, uh, not exactly something that we want, you know, to be associated with. You know, I'm not a big fan of the whole concentration camps. This is fact. Uh, however, the city where this is actually happening, uh, I believe, is in. Well, it's the same city where they they filmed this movie. So. They at the end of the movie, there's that special thanks thing, you know, that says like you know, special thanks to the city of so and so for letting us film the movie here. So there's a special thanks to a city where there are current active concentration camps of people basically being worked to death. Uh, so Good like, work, yeah, so like, well, this was only revealed probably after they filmed the movie because this movie has been delayed and whatever. Uh, it's not that hard to delete a couple words from a thing knowing that how about you not reach out and thank the people in the concentration camp yeah or making the concentration camp yeah so that is one of those things that i was like and i found this out after i watched it to be honest um so either way it was it was okay the some one of the references i i heard and i'm stealing this from a reviewer they they actually referenced it as being similar to chinese food uh, because you're Americanized Chinese food, because like when you were done with it, it you were, you wanted more afterwards. And I was like, yeah, it was kind of like, it was kind of forgettable. You know, there was, there's even a, a, a twist, like a twist villain type character. And I forgot that there was a twist with the character. D Snyder's in it. Yes. 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 Awesome. A twisted sister. Uh, I forgot there was a twist with this villain because it was, uh, it would, you didn't know anything about the villain that just, they just changed midway. So, uh, anyway, that's, that's I, Mulan. They, they took out the comedy and the dragon in order to bring it more in line and more realistic with the actual Chinese, with the actual story of the Chinese hero Mulan. And then decided, you know what? F it. We're going to put in a shape-shifting sorceress. I'm like, Really? You couldn't you know put a screw, dragon screw you, in there. Disney. Exactly. Like, and they're like, "Well, you know, that's that's part of Chinese folklore. There were sorceresses." And I'm like, "Oh, and there weren't dragons." I mean, that was something that was talked about all, <laughs> whatever. Dagrons. Yes, Dagrons. Okay, let's let's. So, what do you say? Wait for here. December. Yeah. Gotcha. And you know what? Now, after that review, I may not even watch it. I may not even give Disney the satisfaction of putting it in my eye holes. I will, I will avoid it and I will not watch it. And you know what? Screw you. I'm not going to watch it. That's right. And I, and Rob does enjoy things being put in his eye holes. F you to Disney. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to talk very briefly about a game that, uh, I had shared some news on this previously. This game is called West of Dead. Mm, um, yes. If you're a fan of the cosmic horror western that we've discussed 
you know, with some frequency on this show, then you will definitely like this game. This game is from a um, not quite isometric perspective. So um, if you are like Greg, who gets a little nauseous with the first person shooters. Damn, I always get that mixed up. That is me. If you are like Rob, who gets a little nauseous with the first person shooters, you are totally fine with this game. Um, Does that mean it's third person? It is, but it's like top down. So it's not over the shoulder. The camera's Mm -hmm. fixed for the most part. I mean, it follows you around from like Mm -hmm. area to area, but it doesn't do anything crazy. But you can see your character? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and your character looks like um, Ghost Rider. Yeah, Um, it does. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty. Yeah. It's very pretty. Uh, it's, it's not quite a run and gun. It's a, um, what do they call it? Dodge and shoot. So basically in purgatory, Wyoming, 1888, a place of gun smoke and darkness, sin and damnation, windigos and witches, a shifting chaotic world that takes its form from the memories, cultural beliefs of the souls who pass through you, a dead man. Awakens with only the memory of a figure in black. He sets into motion a chain event set of truly mythic consequences. The main character is voiced by Ron Perlman. Mm. And that really makes it for me. He doesn't say a lot. Um, he doesn't grunt every time he jumps. He doesn't make a noise every time he gets shot. But the times that he does speak are very memorable. Um, This game can be frustrating at first. When you die, you start all the way over again. Um, Oh, God. However, you you begin each time with the same abilities that you had previously. You are able to get the guns that you unlocked previously. So you get a little bit further every time. But like a good dungeon crawler, the uh, level is a little bit different every time. It's arranged a little bit differently. I found myself getting to the Windigo and not having much luck. Wait, um, the what? The Kerwindigo? The Kerwindigo is in this game, yes. Kerwindigo! Uh, I've not had much luck getting past that yet, but I could very easily see myself playing this game for eight to 10 hours a day if I let myself. Um, Very pretty, very fun, very intuitive. Um, My advice to you, if you have a current-gen console, if you have a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One and a Switch, um, get this game on the Switch. The intuitive controls with the two Joy-Cons... Um, I, I think this game is, is meant to be played on Switch. So it's uh, uh, currently, I believe, $15 came out for the Switch on August 5th. Its original release date was November 14th of 2019. Definitely, definitely, in my humble opinion, played on the Switch. Uh, it's very fun, very cool game. So check it yeah. out. Yeah, I'm looking at the gameplay video. It looks like it's pretty neat. It's really fun, man. It's It's a good break from... From um, it's just a good break. It's a good you know. I can put this down and come back to it an hour later. You know, though you you know you don't start at the same spot, but uh, hmm. very fun. You'll see. It's not Dark Souls frustrating. That's for sure. Sigh. Let Let's just keep with video games. We're yeah. We go ahead. Talk let's, about them. Oh, let's do it. Talk about another one. Because there's one that I think Greg and I want to talk about. Yeah. So Avengers, uh, I, I'm seeing the synopsis here. It looks a little different than the actual game, but... Uh, yeah, yeah give I'm not, a shot. I'm not sure that that's the actual game, mm-hmm. but... Sure. Came out... Uh, well, do, am I reading this or are you reading this, Rob? <laughs> Jimmy, uh, we do have to, of course, read everything that's in our script. Yeah. So uh, well, go on it, with it. Come on. The Avengers They're game, uh, it came out August 14th of 2020. Yep. Uh, basically on every platform, uh, PS5 and Xbox. Not I don't know about not Switch now. Uh, 
The synopsis of the Avengers game. Apparently, yep. uh, Russell has two passions, watching television and farting. He oh, loves Heather. Russell. Heather hates farting. What button makes Russell fart? I don't know. I haven't gotten there yet. It's a power-up, I think. Uh, the Eternal Triangle. Oh, it's the triangle button, apparently. Yep. Uh, one day go. she warns him, if they ever allow farting on television, you'll never leave the house. One evening, he goes to sleep in front of the TV. It happens. Everything on TV is fart-related, from sitcoms and commercials to new cast and dramas. This movie is totally getting watched by us at some point. It does need to get watched. That is 1991's F-A-R-T. Nice. Uh, We are actually talking about the Avengers game. Uh, This game we talked about briefly after the beta a couple weeks ago, but we are going to give a thorough review of it now. Rob, go ahead. Well, how... How far have you gotten, Greg? I mean, I haven't. Uh, gotten yeah, well, can, let's do it without spoilers. I, I, I stopped when I we couldn't figure out how to get you and me playing together. Okay. Well, so far that is that I I love the gameplay. The game is absolutely gorgeous. the The gameplay is a lot of fun, and I do like that a lot of the characters feel different. Greg and I have discovered that Greg, you're actually much better with the Hulk than I am. Um, I I actually really Greg enjoy. Smash. Yeah, Greg Smash. I actually really enjoy the the play style of Miss Marvel or Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's a lot of fun to play, and she's got a much similar play style to Black Widow. And I feel like I feel like Iron Man as well. Iron Man does some nice chaining of of abilities and whatnot. So I really like the the play style of of, of several of the characters. The problem that we've been having though is I, I think there's an issue with getting friends to join your party. We've mm-hmm. we have been able so far we've been able to get random people to join our party when we're trying to do the campaign, but we've as of yet been unable to get people from our friends list to join the party. It just keeps saying that the uh, the join failed, mm-hmm. and not sure why. But I I don't know if there will be an update to fix that or whatnot. But so far I, I'm really enjoying it, and as I'm playing it, I'm finding myself going, God, this is really a really touching story so far. The voice acting is absolutely phenomenal. The I really, really like the character of Kamala Khan. I find her extremely endearing, just adorable. Mm-hmm. And the scene where she's with Bruce Banner in the, the Winnebago or whatever the hell it is, is just just too cute. Yeah, I talked about uh, Miss Marvel comic on this show uh, quite mm-hmm. a bit in the past. I was like, man, if you want if you want something that is diverse but not forced that is the way to go. And it, I was trying to figure out why I liked the character so much. And one, I mean, yeah, interesting, but when she was first learning her powers, what they did was they had her face off against some of those C list villains and B list villains mm-hmm. that like were so cheesy because they were made the seventies and eighties. And when villains didn't need to carry over to a movie kind of thing, mm-hmm. and they would push them to Jersey city where she's from. And she would, they would actually be a threat. Because if you're going up against Spider-Man, he's going to kick your ass. But if you're going up against someone that just got their powers, it there's some danger there. And I think that's what I really liked about the character. And it's that's not quite carrying over just yet. But the way they introduced the character is great. The way the, the father-daughter story is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, like you said, the RV the, the RV scene is it's a cutscene, but it's it just so it introduces the character so well. Um. There's a few innovative things in this game, I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really I really liked how they taught you, how they trained you how to do certain things with the games, like the mini games. Mm-hmm. So when you first start off the game, you're at like an event. So this is not really a spoiler because if you turn on the game, you're going to see it. So you're going to Avengers Day and there's like a festival. And as part of this festival, you can play like carnival games. And one of them is like a blaster game. And it shows you how to use the blaster. Uh, it basically teaches you how to do ranged combat in the game. Yeah, yeah, you know, hold the right, hold the right trigger, and then blast and whatever. So I thought that was really a cool way of doing it. And there's a couple other things, and you had to gather up. You had to do them by gathering up these comic books, which pushed you through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was very interesting. It was like you know, my my family was watching me play it like it was a movie, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. Um. So there's, that was one of the big innovations. The uh, This is maybe a little less... Well, I guess it's still kind of the same thing where they where you jump between the characters as you're fighting this battle. And you see all different types of combat all in mm-hmm. one battle sequence, and it bounces mm-hmm. around like a movie. Uh, it was beautiful. Like that 
those sequences where you're flying, where you're Black Widow and you're stuck on on uh, somebody. Taskmaster. Well, it's gonna. Oh, it's sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, you're you're on Taskmaster's back, and he's flying like around this bridge, and you're seeing like these battle things happen, and cars falling and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, I want to play that sequence again just so I can actually pay attention to like what else is going on because there's a lot going on. Yeah, or at least watch someone else play it, maybe. Um, so that's that was beautiful, and and I guess the other little thing I would I would like to bring up right now is the the be- like some of the graphics are good there is a sequence in utah where the gra- the the actual rocks and canyon was so good that i didn't realize the game was playing again like i sat there thinking it was a cutscene because it looked mm-hmm. really, it looked yeah. really quality and i'm like yeah oh i need to walk like i'm not doing anything whoops yeah like the the rocks look so good so it's got to be these like mega scans where they actually bring a, a camera into a canyon and kind of do that but um, really, really beautiful. Uh, any uh, complaints about the game other than the other than the one issue that we've? I mean, I, we're not you. You and I both are not terribly far into the game. I mean, I've only completed one or two missions more than you have. Um, other than the 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 inability to get the friend join thing to work. I, mm-hmm. I honestly have no complaints about this game. The game has been seamless. It's been very well designed. The story has progressed very nicely. It just, and it's absolutely gorgeous. There, I mean, and there, there might've been a few camera issues, but that that stuff gets fixed eventually. We, it, and we're not sure if our controllers both didn't get screwed up. Right. Um, I did buy a new controller and I think you did too. So I did. Yeah. So um, if you are on the fence about Avengers, I was, and then I decided, well, you know what? I'm not doing anything else, and I just finished Spider-Man. So, and I could and I could play with Rob and and some of the uh, listeners. Then, um, I grabbed it and I enjoyed it uh, on PS5. So, uh, Jimmy, yes, sir. Uh, Rob, are you done talking about the Avengers? I am. I am. I, okay. I think that was that was enough. I, I definitely recommend if if it's your type of game. Um, if you like the superhero genre, if you like games like Spider-Man or, or Arkham Knight, would you say that's yeah. a fair com- comparison, Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you like games like that, I, I highly recommend checking out Avengers because it's also one of those style of games that you can play with your friends. It's very close to Spider-Man and Arkham Knight. It's a little less locked in. Spider-Man and Arkham Knight do have a couple things where sequences tend to happen like in a certain way. It's a little mm-hmm. more open-ended, but yeah. Um the uh, was, there was something I was going to make a point there, but apparently I'm not. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Oh, yeah, no, it's gone. Sorry, that's gonna happen. Uh, let's uh, go over to uh, Jimmy, I think. Yeah, and talk about yet another video game. This is why I was busy all damn weekend. I know, right? What a what a a wonderful time sink they can be. This game was released on September 4th, so just a few days ago as of this recording, and I am talking about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Uh, One of the reasons that we are discussing our movie of the week, and we have a very special guest on, to talk skateboarding. This game is responsible for... Influencing a lot of people, uh, getting a lot of people into skateboarding as it came out um, sometime in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Basically every generation after Rob and me, because I think we had gone off to college and then this game came out. And yeah, this was I knew it. I knew it from uh, the little stands in Blockbuster, you know, play this, play this game and then rent it. Yeah, you probably didn't have time. You guys probably didn't have have time to play this. Um, I yep. was I was living with a buddy of mine at the time, and we would we would put on a couple of cheat codes on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and uh, in the spirit of competition, we would see how long we could string together a combo. We would put on the like unlimited turbo and 
you know, never lose your balance cheat codes and stuff like that. And we tried to string these, these runs together on this game where Tony Hawk and friends shred through different levels in the remaster of this arcade style skateboarding game. Um, this game is arcade style in the sense that if you've ever played the game SSX, if you ever played a NFL blitz kind of deal, you're doing stuff in this game that you're not like, you're not going to do, you're not going to do a 900, um, on a, a tiny jump immediately into a manual. And then you're kick flipping, you're holding that manual into a nose grind. Uh, he's saying words. Rob. <laughs> he <laughs> so, is. Those are words, I think. Um, but th- those are the things that, that myself and my friends would do. And we would, we would just kind of pass the controller in disgust if we, if, if we broke that. Um, it's just a super fun game with a, a really nostalgic, fun throwback kind of punk rock soundtrack. Um, there, there's a uh, a few bands on there that we might talk about later, um, such as Suicidal Tendencies. It's got the Vandals on there, Rage Against the Machine, Power Man 5000, Primus, Papa Roach, Goldfinger, the Dub Pistols, one of my personal favorite electronic groups, um, Anthrax, Bad Religion. They had some new ones too, et cetera. They, they did. Um, I actually, I don't think... I'm not too sure. Like, I don't know the original soundtrack. Anthrax, Bad Religion, a couple of the bands are missing um, from this. But uh, Machine Gun Kelly has been added, um, if you're into that sort of thing. And we all know who is. Megan Fox. Yes. He's into her as well. Yes. Oh, wow. I'm not going to take it any further than that. Um, but yeah, Greg, you, you picked this up as well. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, what do you think, sir? I was checking out my, uh, my, my best buy points Mm -hmm. when I was about to buy the Avengers. And it occurred to me that I actually had enough best buy bucks to get Avengers and Tony Hawk and spend maybe about 10 bucks total. So I'm like, okay. So I picked it up just, you know, to reminisce on something that I didn't quite play exclusively. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing I thought was like, you know, this might actually be kind of fun for the kid because he can go wherever he wants, do whatever he wants. And there's not like falling into pits or, you know, killing or whatever. Um, So I did that. It is hard as shit. I don't know how to play at all. Like I literally can't. So we are front. We are of the era now where video games are. There's no there's no guidebook or no booklet. And I don't know what I'm doing at all. I can't figure out how t- I can figure out how to hop and that's it. So I'm going to need someone help yeah. me. <laughs> I need a Tony Hawk. Uh, it's fun, mm-hmm. but man, actually I did get past the warehouse eventually. Um, I-, I have nothing completed in the school. Yeah. I can see how that might be kind of frustrating. This for me, um, it just, it was muscle memory. It came right back. I played these games so much previously, mm-hmm. and the the buttons are pretty still, pretty much still laid out the same as they were on on PS2. You know, how do you get up on? How do you do a rail slide? Because I couldn't do that. Triangle. And how? That says triangle. Yeah. And then the other thing I couldn't figure out how to do is how to not immediately turn around and go back down a ramp. I want to jump onto the ramp, like uh, over it. Hold uh, forward. Hold up when you jump okay yeah and you have to that was really hard <laughs> like when you go when you're approaching the part where you would go you know you get air on a jump you hold up or forward and let go of the jump button um as you would normally so yeah that's crazy that's super weird to think that that um that it would be hard for somebody, but uh, there were two camps when I was, was playing this. Uh, There was the game skate, which was a more realistic skateboarding simulator simulator. And then there was this, which was the arcade style big air. You could do nine hundreds off the smallest jumps. 
and uh, very fun to play with your friends. I have not had the online experience yet, though, and I am very excited to try that out. There is an open skate uh, kind of uh, thing set up where people can join your skate session. They can leave. You can compete with people on leaderboards. Um, Lots of achievements to be gotten. Uh, Each level in the single player isn't just like a free skate. So, Greg, you've seen this. You you can collect um, SD. The letters S K A T E. You can Did you remember where they all were? No, no, uh. no. It's it's coming back to me, like because we, my my friends and I, we played and beat the game, but then we would just do the same runs on the same levels. Of okay, you could, you take off in this level, you go down this jump, you flip over here, you hit this grind, you you grind all the way around. Like we had this whole system, and you. If you broke the chain, it was just like, all right, next person's turn. So all that I, I was like, oh crap, there are actual things you can do each level. This is really mixtapes and skate and, and each uh... Yeah, you know, you, you start in the, the warehouse and then each level kinda if you're having a hard time with that, you're just you're, you know, you'll get you'll get there eventually, but each level kinda gets bigger. Mm-hmm. And you have that same time limit. So it's like, oh crap! I gotta find skate all across this thing. But um, I, I did think this the school thing was fun. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually interesting. I don't know if you noticed on the sign, I the billboard. That, yeah, they had a, a wear your mask notification. Yep, on there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, but then real quick. But they had like that long. They have that long staircase, which you kind of start at the top of. But you start on top of the actual awning over it. So it's this long angled staircase, which is really kind of fun. And you start you start looking at things in a different way. You're like, oh man, that would be a cool thing to skate off of. Not that I have any idea what I'm doing, but well, maybe you yeah, will after yeah, talking and, to our guest on side B. Yeah, when you guys check out side B, you're going to understand a lot of this conversation because uh, mm-hmm. we, we've uh, there's a strong possibility that Jimmy will be in a full body cast for episode 150. <laughs> it's bad dudes i got it bad especially after talking to our guest um we we did record side b first um so we are recording side a now we're approaching midnight um so we're all getting a little tired and tongue-tied but um i'm gonna end up buying a skateboard in the next couple of days <laughs> i can't even afford it but i'm gonna go out and like give plasma and I'm gonna go out and skate. It's gonna be like, this is episode 150, and I'm currently on an all liquid diet because I broke all of my ribs. Because I have no bones anymore. <laughs> They've all been nice. It reminds me of that Family Guy episode where Peter was just a blob. Boneless. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I wish I had no bones. This is a trick you can do in Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two. It's true, actually. Uh, so Tony Hawk, if you love the original game, if you want to just have some fun, it's it's not a full price game. Uh, it's beautiful, right? That's a very. If you remember, point. if you remember it from the '90s, get it. It's There's no reason not to. Two games for forty bucks. Yeah, Avengers. Oh, I just remember what I was going to say about the Avengers. Uh, Avengers is not. It's loosely based on the comic, loosely based on the movies, but not really based on either of them. It is its own story, um, and I think it is better for it because they're not having to conform to you know fifty years of history in the comics or actors and things like that in the. And storylines already in the in the movies, so that's that. And I got I got one last thing here. Yeah, and it's weird to end the show on this because it's you know I know it's my thing, not y'all's thing. But uh, Pearl Jam for Labor Day weekend, mm-hmm. they have released a live concert on uh, Nugs TV, which I'd never heard of. It is a it's a streaming service, but you can get like a subscription to it, and it's like four bucks, and you get just crazy amounts of live shows that play. Um, in fact, if you just go to Nugs TV, like you'll, it just plays a random live show for whatever band. Uh, I watched uh, Pigeons playing ping pong today, and they were a really good kind of blues jam band. In fact, I wrote the notes to this episode while watching them. But anyway, uh, Pearl Jam did a series which we were which we covered on the show. Uh, the home shows. I went to the. It was where they were playing um, some of the big baseball stadiums. They played Seattle. They played. Uh, where else? Uh, Chicago, Boston, and then they did a fundraiser in Montana because that's where one of the members is from. 
And uh, I went to the Boston shows, of course. They were wonderful. And they released the Seattle show on this service. And, you know, it's a live show. And I've said already on this episode, and you guys have heard me say it before, is I don't, I'm not a big fan of repetition. I see something once, and then it has to be a little bit of time before I see it again. Uh, I watched this show three times in three days. Uh, I got chills and tears welling up in my eyes all three times at certain mm. moments. Um, it was one of the best uh, live, you know, I know you don't like live stuff, Jimmy, like recorded. I'm it was the best representation. Yeah, it's weird. It was the one of the best representations of a live concert that I've ever seen because it was just no frills. You know, like you heard the crowd milling about at the beginning. The concert started. It went through. It ended. You heard the the music come on at the end as people filed out. Bunch of different cameras. They did some really cool things with like the first. Okay, so this is what Pearl Jam does. They played for three hours and 15 minutes or three hours and nine minutes or something. Um, Damn. Not a lot of chatting. Straight through. They played uh, 33 songs, I believe. I don't have the number here. Uh, brilliant versions of all of them. They had guests come out. Uh, Rob, do you know the name uh, uh, Brandy Carlisle? I want to say yes. It sounds she, familiar, but I don't know who that is. She won a country music performance of the year last year, I think. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Like, I guess one of her songs did. I'm not sure. But um, she is actually, she's a country uh, star, country slash folk slash whatever. But she uh, she was produced by the guitarist of Pearl Jam. She's a Seattle girl. Uh, so anyway, uh, they did some really cool stuff with, you know, they had her come up on stage. They had, uh, they played, uh, what song was that? Uh, they played a song for, uh, for, te- for their daughter's teachers. Cause you know, they're, they all live in, um, Seattle. So they had, uh, the teachers come up and they played a song for them and the teachers got to kind of dance on stage. So it was, yeah, cool, cool little thing there. The end of this show, the light, uh, every it's up, it's black and white for about an hour or so. And then it, they do their first encore. Oh, we're going to be friends. That song. I can tell that we are going to be friends. That song. They did that with the teachers. But anyway, uh, when they came back from the encore, the the color comes back. They do a bunch more songs and then they do the last encore, which is, I'm, I'm this is the, the litany of songs, uh, better it. man, which is a, a huge hit for them. They do better man with the lights on. So basically the lights come on and you can see all the crowd singing and swaying and stuff like that. Uh, comfortably numb, a Pink Floyd thing. And he nails, nails the solo, um, which is my favorite guitar solo in the history of music. Right from comfortably numb, they go into a live, a completely random B side, which is still pretty cool called I've got a feeling. And they, then they close it out with rocking in the free world and yellow lead better and yellow lead better becomes little wing by Jimi Hendrix, who is of course from Seattle. Uh, just those last moments made me like they, I was, I finished you guys saw me texting the night, the first night I was watching it. And I was going until like four in the morning because yeah. I could not fall asleep. I could not fall asleep. And when I was done with it, yeah. Like if anyone looked at my house, I would look like a crazy person, like air guitaring and jumping over furniture and stuff. Uh, if my wife is listening to this podcast, I definitely did not jump over the furniture. Totally yeah. jumped over the furniture. <laughs> That's um, amazing. Yeah, no, it was, it was really good. It was definitely worth the time. Um, so I loved everything about it. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about it is after those three days, four days, I get well, three days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, after the four days, uh, it was gone. That's it. It was, that's why I watched it so many times because it was a streaming thing. It was only going to be available for those four days and then it went away. Um, mm. I desperately hope that they release it to purchase because I would be, I would buy it again. I'm sure they will eventually, right? I, my friend, like my Pearl Jam friends or my music friends must think I'm fucking insane because I kept them texting me like, dude, buy this. I'm like, I will pay for you to buy this. Watch it. But buy um, it two days after it. I buy it so I can come over and watch it. And then yeah. you buy no, it two just, days after. No, like they literally, it, you couldn't even do it. it oh, just, oh, oh, you, oh. You, you paid for it and you had it for those four days and it, it was only available to everyone for those four days. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And I think I'm not sure exactly what the, the music, the money I believe went to charities, which is what the concert was for in the first place. That was the one that made $10 million to help the homeless in those three cities. Um. So... It was so good. But anyway, that's what I got. 
I think that's our show. I think so. Man, uh, what do we got on Monday for these fine people? We have a review of the 1989 film Gleaming the Cube. Ooh. And we are going to be joined by our new friend. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview with Russ Howell. Russ Howell is a pioneering skateboarder. Um, he is uh, the first professional skateboarder. Well, he's no, he's he's considered the first freestyle champion. Um, freestyle is a, a, a kind of, you know, it's it's not a huge, um, you know, you're not going off gigantic gaps and you're not jumping like the Snake River Canyon or anything like that, but um it's a lot of spins it's a lot of physical you know just uh it's just amazing and um you know he's he's really responsible for a, a lot of where uh skateboarding stands in the world today and uh dude's super inspirational super positive and we had a blast talking to him and i i can't wait for you guys to hear it so um that's what we got Nice. I think you have me here for contact, even though I think it's not me, but whatever. Uh, guys, I don't know. thanks for listening. Like us, subscribe to us, review us. Go to our website, give me five podcast at, uh, at gmail.com. See, I can't, I'm just, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Give me five podcast.com. It's there. There's a bunch of stuff on there. Thank you for listening and uh, go uh, Pirates. Go Niners. Go Panthers. Good morning, good afternoon, and go skate yourself. Do it down.